Well, I'm not a crook. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. I have a dream. All I ask of our brethren is that they take their feet off our necks. It transcends the senses. This is Murder of Grey. I'm Christian. I'm Chris. And this is the Murder of Grey podcast. Thank you all so much for joining us again this week as we dive into some next set of moral and ethical dilemmas. And this week we are going to be discussing the movie Parasite. Now, for those of you who don't know what Parasite is, um, like where have you been in three, four years, right? <laughs> now, uh, Parasite is a fantastic uh, Korean movie that was directed by Bong Joon-ho who has made some amazing, amazing titles, uh, a lot of great movies that really stand out and just deliver as far as how, you know, social structures go. Like, they, they always have, like, such a deep meaning behind them that is kind of hidden, which is really, really exciting to kind of explore. So there's a lot of good ones in there, but we decided to kind of dive into the movie Parasites more because... Well, for one, it was probably the most well-viewed uh, video or movie of his, as well as probably the most like blatant uh, dilemmas it, as far as like a movie goes for the viewers and everything like that. Nothing was really hidden in that one too much. Um, but yeah, I guess like maybe some initial thoughts on it. I know you just watched the film, so uh, what's your initial thoughts coming out from seeing it? Uh, well, I just want to start off. Anybody that does want to watch this or has heard of it, it is on Hulu. That's how I watched it. Uh, and that's, it was funny. I remember it, I think it won movie of the year. Didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. A few years back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, I need to see this. Like, I remember when it was first coming out in theaters here, I was like, oh man, I'm actually like, I want to watch a movie. Like it, it, I feel like it's rare for me to watch a foreign film in movie theaters. Uh, cause I feel like most of the time, the only ones you really see are anime or you go to like a special theater for them, mm-hmm. but totally forgot about it. Um, and then whenever I went on Hulu, it was always like a big thing that popped up and I'm like, Oh, I need to watch this. Never did until this week. Uh, don't know why it took so long, but I'm, I'm glad I really, I watched it. I was going in expecting a lot and I got a lot more put it that way um Mm -hmm. to me i i thought the cinematography and everything really fed the scenes well i think that i know a lot of people not a lot but i've heard common complaints about people with foreign films is that sometimes like it's so dialogue heavy and you know there's you're reading the movie but this movie Mm -hmm. it i didn't feel that I felt like even though it was a very serious social film, the scenes really told almost more of the story than the dialogue. And I think that's something that this movie really hit me with, was that just the scenes and the situations 
did more for me than the dialogue. And I respect that because I think that's something that you don't really see too often, especially in like serious social commentary kind of movies. It's, you know, it's always more about the dialogue and getting the point across. But this one, the scenes just really pushed, I don't want to say agenda, but the issue like really, really hard. And, you know, granted, this is also in Korea, so it is a little different than the United States. But at the same time, when you think about it, the United States has its own kind of clash of classism. And this movie is relatable to here, too. Granted, different living styles for the most part, but you can always equate it to, you know, how the lower class is here or even below lower class. You know, it's it's sad, but... This movie was powerful. Um, did take a turn that I was not expecting, but I really enjoyed that turn too. And I don't know. I, I can see why it won movie of the year. Yeah. I think that's one of the great things about this director is that he's able to actually like genre bend a little bit, right? Where like everything that you hear about Parasite and know that before I even watched it was the idea of it being like such a hard movie to watch. It's very, you know, there's, a lot going on it's very dramatic all this but then there's the bits of comedy that get spliced in that helps like bring it back to reality almost right like because even mm-hmm. whenever you're living in a very like dark time like you're human right like there's a way to find humor in things and in their social situations like you have to find the humor in things like you have to be able to you know, keep going from day to day and that's what's great about this movie and not just this one but like all of his movies they all have that sense of there's a little bit of like lightheartedness that gets thrown in that helps you know tone down some of the really dramatic parts but makes them more impactful whenever they do hit right because like it's almost like you're not expecting it it's like oh here's this really goofy part and it's like oh like holy crap i did not see that coming and i think that that he found a really great balance with that and like you said shoot with the cinematography it's just so fantastic that the scenes themselves tell the stories right it really shows the living situations that they're in. It shows the separation of class between the multiple families that we get introduced to. Uh, and this movie's great for that because we get basically the three levels of class that are, you know, portrayed in Korea mostly. And that's the big thing too. Like this is a Korean film. So the, the level differences are a little bit more extreme, but it's still very relatable. And I think that's what makes it the most interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. so what i found great is that whenever we first start seeing this film we start seeing like exactly what kind of struggles or what they're willing to do as far as you know just to make a living and but what's weird about it too at the same time is it almost feels like there's no it, there's like a sense of acceptance there right where it's like yeah this is the job right this is what we're doing and this is how we have to do it and like it shows the whole family sitting there surrounded by pizza boxes folding pizza boxes and that's one way that they are getting money to you know put food on their own table or they're relying on you know unprotected wi-fi networks and even the street cleaning pesticides to keep their home free of insects like they'll leave the windows open to let that stuff in so the clear airs out all the bugs in their house but uh, like that is obviously very, very extreme, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's something that people do, right? Like, it just kind of, it's so bizarre. And, you know, it's it's interesting to see, like, 
the lengths that people are willing to go to survive. Right. And but they all seem very like almost nonchalant about the whole thing. Like it's just like, yeah, no, this is kind of what we do. Is what it is, right? So I don't know. It's very interesting to see that stuff. It really normalized the the poverty line almost. You know, it's it when I after the beginning, more so this is maybe halfway through the movie, I almost forgot that they lived underground. Mm. And I just kind of figured they were like living above ground at least, right? I would say like middle ground. But it's interesting because they don't, they make do with what they have and they do it well. And it's, this plays into something later on too, but I really loved how that, rock of fortune that they were given mm -hmm. like the scholars plays yeah. yeah it plays such a important part especially even later on in the story and i really liked how they kept coming back to it because it it just felt like it wasn't gonna be worth anything throughout the movie i thought they were gonna sell it mm. like right there in the beginning he's like looking at it and i'm like oh they're gonna sell this and become rich like I remember always seeing the the poster and the trailer for this movie, and it was always a uh, an image of the father in front of the nice house, and I was like, "Oh, they must have sold that rock and they bought the house and all this." But I really did not expect the story the way it went. You know, it's um, I'll let you get more into that, but I was just like. I don't know. This movie is like there's so much to talk about. And I'm like, oh, which one do I want to go through first? Yeah, seriously. Though I guess like along this, the lines with that scholar stone and kind of what happens next with that is that um, so Ki Ki Wu, who is the son of the Kim family, uh, his friend actually gives him a recommendation for a tutoring job with a very well-off family because he knows that Ki Wu has to, you know, they need to make money somehow. So why not? try that out it's a cushy job um so they end up like he ends up working with his sister uh who's ki jung so king jung and ki Wu are the brother and sister uh and they end up like going on photoshop and forging credentials and all this stuff to you know make the brother sound so much better than he is and actually have like education and all that stuff uh in order to become a tutor for this very well-off family who is the park family uh, and this is where like the chaos kind of in ensues because the Kim family sees that like, oh, the parks are super wealthy. So now they start plotting little by little and figuring out, you know, how to get each one of them into this house working for this family so that they all can, you know, thrive that way. And I think that's kind of like where the first idea of the uh, a really good dilemma, probably a simple one to ask for is, you know, what are you willing to do to better your life, right? Like, is it really worth, you know, lying about all your credentials to get, you know, your yourself in? And then after that, like, you have to keep the lie going, keep the con going to get your whole family in there now, right? Um, one of them becomes an art tutor. The other one becomes a chauffeur. And then we have the, you know, the housekeeper as well. Like that, th there's so much stuff going on. 
and they're willing to, you know, potentially destroy the lives of the people who work there already to make sure that they get in. And what's even funnier and crazier is that, like, they don't know, the Park family doesn't know that the Kims are related. They are just, you know, it feels like random happen chance that they're running into them and it's like a perfect, you know, oh, like, I have a need and you just happen to show up. Now you can fill that need, right? But it's all being orchestrated by the Kim family and they're being portrayed as, like, ultimate con artists at this point. And it is a very interesting, like, vibe to the film itself, where it just feels very lighthearted, like they're, you know, it's just a con artist movie, right? That's kind of where it's going. But, like, I'm just wondering, like, would you be able to do that to this family? Or is it even that bad what you're doing? I think to that family in particular, you're not doing really anything wrong. It's more so you're messing up the lives of the people that are getting laid off, Mm -hmm. you know? And that was kind of probably the first time I questioned, like, the main family's motive. Because I was like, there's nothing wrong, you know, with all trying, like, at least conning someone in from their family there. But to make those people lose their jobs, especially with the way they did with the housekeeper, you know, where it's, like, yeah. potentially dangerous. Yeah. It's like, that's not okay. You know, like, a lie to, like, lying about being a tutor so you can have a stable job yeah, it's wrong to lie, but I mean, it, mm-hmm. it's a white lie, right? Like, if you're able to actually do the job and do something, then, I mean, it's not a total lie to an extent, you know? Like, it's it's not bad, let's put it that way. But when you get into the rest of the family, it's just kind of like, yeah, it's a little messed up. You know, especially with the sister, because it's like the sister, obviously, like, lied about even what Mm -hmm. she did, you know? And I mean, in that sense, what she lied about could be actually, like, dangerous to the kid, you know? So it's interesting the lengths his family went to to secure that for their family. I... To an extent, I mean, I understand it's, you know, when you're coming from the low of the low of, you know, the poverty line, if you get that chance of being housed somewhere better, even for a couple hours a day, like, Mm -hmm. it makes sense why they would do this. And it's sad because you're rooting for them to pull themselves out of the hole they're in. But at the same time, you're kind of like, did they really have to do that? Like, you know, it was always constantly like a tug of war for me. I'm like, oh, man. Like, like, I get it, but you went too far. And it's it's cool because I haven't really felt that way about any characters in cinema or television lately where I'm kind of like a roller coaster with them. And this, I was kind of like, whoa, like, that was a little too far, you know, but it was interesting how I felt that once their whole family started working there, it's not really like they had a whole lot of time Mm -hmm. together there. 
you know, to an extent, even though they were making money, it's not like they really pulled themselves out of yeah. their hole. You know, as I don't want to say it was kind of like a a mirage, but I mean, it's not like this was a new home. Now, it didn't get far enough where they could have all lived there. You know, I mean, that's kind of what I was expecting was that they were going to find a way to move into this house. But then I'm like, how would they, how would they all live there without, you know, making it look weird that they're Mm -hmm. not coming from the outside? You know, as I had all these ideas like playing out, like, what are they going to do? What's going to happen? Cause I'm like, at this point they're all working there. Like nothing is going to go wrong. I figured one of the family members would slip up because there were times where you felt like one of them would, you know, I felt like the mom was maybe the one that would slip up the most because I don't know. I feel like out of all of them, hers was kind of like the most random role of it, you know? So I'm like, it was interesting how that went. And, you know, for the family that lived there, it, they had their own issues as well. And it made me question in the beginning when he asked the guy if he loved his wife and he gave such a a weird response. And I was kind of like, does he actually care right. about his wife? Like, or does he just in with her, you know, because right. of the yeah. kids? Because it it made it seem like, oh, he didn't need her. And then in the beginning of this, when you meet her, she, you know, she's like falling asleep on the table. And it's kind of like, is she happy being there? So like, is this family actually like a golden chalice on a pedestal that would they be a family to aspire to if you were, you know... Mm-hmm. And the other family's level, right? Which, I don't know. I feel like they have their own issues. Granted, not as bad as the other family. But I think if certain situations didn't happen, you know, the family could have stayed there for a lot longer. Uh, you touched on you know? a couple things that, that I thought were really, really great. First of all, the fact that, yes, they all did end up getting the jobs, but then they never did anything to really better their own living situation at home. Right. Like everything stayed the same. Like they never like it didn't feel like they were being aspirational, like to a huge extent uh, to, you know, like get them up there to, you know, better their lives and all that stuff. But then you have the the really like rich family as well, where they're actually showing off a lot of their uh, I guess, like all the issues that are underlined too, right? Like it's very, very interesting to see and i do like the fact that they did that where you have a very rich family where that would be like the aspiration the goal the like what you want to strive for and then you see how messed up the family could potentially be right like they do have their issues too so there isn't like a perfect like version of life there which is really really well done like i I do like that a lot so another thing that's really great about the way this film is shot is the the weird interesting like juxtaposition of height as well within the like social structures 
So like you have your upper class who lives at a really high hill. Then you have the Kim family who lives in a semi-basement. And then you have the housekeeper that was originally living in the house who is a <laughs> worse off than the Kim family. And we kind of find that out a little bit later. <laughs> but it's it's pretty cool how they're able to actually do that. And I found that like a really interesting thing that they were able to accomplish too. And it's very subtle, but it's a nice other ways you lay or layer on the whole idea of classism too. There was some really good shots with that, especially with the, the Kim family, right? That's the one that lives under, right? It, Kim is the semi-basement, so the main family. Yeah. Yeah. With them, whenever it showed them going home, or especially later on when it was raining, they really made it a point in showing them run down the stairs. And this happened, I think, two or three times during the movie where they had to run up the, and down those stairs mm-hmm. is that it made you really see how low they were yeah. compared to where they were coming from. And I didn't notice it at first, but when that rain scene happened, I was like, whoa, like they're making it sound like these people are like all the way at the bottom, like some are really far away. And it's interesting. Like, I I guess I didn't see that in the beginning. And even with the, the other family, like, they have to go up that extra little hill to get into their house. And it's just like, it is really interesting, like you say, with the height. It, it's really apparent. It's interesting. Yeah. There's actually a poster that I saw of this that I've never seen before that I thought was really cool. And it was, you know, Parasite the movie. And then it had like a single building, but it had like all the homes layered on top of each other. And the very bottom layer of it was flooded out. Right. So like you had it. And as you went down the layers of the homes, it was like like they were in worse and worse conditions. Right. And I thought that was really Hmm. interesting. Uh, really cool poster that I've never seen before. And I think it was like the the poster for either France or Spain or something like that. But hmm. really, I, I mean, I freaking love it. And it's cool to see like they're on there too. They have a bunch of people like there are some people who are just walking in the flood. And then you have others who are actually like climbing the sides of the building, one looking inside the window of the upper class area. Whereas the people who are living in the upper class house, you just see their silhouettes where they're just in their home, just kind of living their life as they would. Like, it's very, very clever design. So about halfway through this film, it takes a very, very strange turn. Like, it goes completely opposite of where... But it's it's kind of nice, too, because the whole first half of the film, like, everything was kind of layering in on top of each other, right? Like... The lives were stacking up, the whole, like, messing up the lives of the previous um, caregiver was, you know, like, there's just so much stuff going on. And it all starts to kind of come to this, like, crescendo amazing event. And for some people, like, they might even call it, like, the jump the shark moment, right? Like, because it's it's such a big departure of what the rest of the movie was or or has been Mm -hmm. so far. So it's it's very, very crazy. And I believe it starts with the No, no, it starts with the actual living conditions of the previous caregiver. 
right? Whenever yeah. she kind of comes back and you start to see what's actually going on. And then it's like, oh my gosh, like so intense. Now, how, because <laughs> that went through me off, right? Like it went from a drama comedy to more of like a thriller tragedy, like very, very quickly. And I, I don't know, like, how did you feel about that quick tonal shift there? It was interesting because just like you, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's kind of like a, a little drama in the beginning. But when she came in, <clears throat> I thought she was going to attack them because she sounded like she was kind of going crazy outside. Yeah. You know? But when she started going past the kitchen because she said she was just going to grab one thing, it was interesting, the situation. And to find out that you know they had a home there too it's fascinating i guess i wasn't really expecting it yeah i think that the situation that arose after her afterwards once um they realized what was going on and she realized they were a family i felt like that was a little bit too extreme mm. Because, you know, I was thinking, okay, like, if she was able to get them all fired and she got her job back, would she really, though? Because, you know, her her husband lives there. Right. So, like, they would find out about it. If not from her, like, that family would be like, hey, before you kick us out, you should check that. So, it's like, it's not really like she had blackmail on them. You know, it was interesting how that was portrayed. Like, yes, they would have gotten probably all fired regardless, but it was such an interesting shift. And with the housekeeper's husband, it was a really interesting story. Like, I wasn't expecting it at all, but his role in it was very interesting because it's kind of played a role in the beginning when you first meet the little boy, mm-hmm. you know, with the whole ghost story. So it's yeah. interesting how they kind of wrap that whole thing around and it's not anything big or major, you know, like it's not like a big plot hole, but it's interesting how that little story kept playing such an important role throughout the movie. Yeah, something that would have been like a throwaway line in another movie actually became something yep. very tied in. So it it actually makes you want to pay attention to every single thing that's said in this film, right? Like, because you never know when mm-hmm. it's going to come back. And yeah, you you said that the um like no matter what, if one of them you know rats on the other family, they can just you know get each other fired, and then the parks just find new people to work for them, right? But there's a really interesting mm-hmm. power shift there where. Like they, I would say that all the power is in Kim's family's hands, right? Because yeah. the original caregiver, her husband is, you know, not doing well at all. He's severely ill and he's living, you know, he's hiding there. And like the way that she was able to keep him alive was to give him scraps throughout the day or whatever it may be, right? Like it, it is very tough to deal with that because like, what do you do as the original housekeeper, right? Like you're sitting there and you're like, okay, well, I need to, you know, make sure my husband stays alive. So if I say anything, then he's not going to be able to live there. He can't get food. If he gets out of there, 
we can't buy food because we're not doing well for ourselves. But I think that what's crazy about this whole thing is that the entire time they're battling each other, instead of actually holding, you know, the 1% up to to blame for everything for this, right? Because of the, yep. for how severe difference like their lives are, that if they had just, you know, I, if there was like more of a better like separation of wealth out in that family or in in that area, then maybe just maybe you know each family could just do well enough, right? Instead of having to fight for scraps while this one family living on top of the hill is doing so well off for themselves, they just don't. It's like you know not a care in the world kind of thing. But that's a very common trait. I was expecting something with that i thought they were gonna try and rise up against the right and then take the house you know like for a minute i did i mean it would make sense but then i thought about i'm like okay if they did that like it's not like they'd be able to get more money right you know because they wouldn't be working at that point yeah they'd have a house but that's about it they almost need the parks just to (laughs) believe their story right just to kind of keep with it yeah and then this movie takes another turn, and it takes a very violent turn. And there's a very insane scene, and probably shouldn't, I won't go into it too far because I think that this is just something that you need to see in the film. Yeah, but it gets yeah. very, very intense very quickly, and it's great because it's still following that nice like flow that they've established throughout the entire film. Like nothing feels incredibly out of left field. Right, but it still is surprising regardless, which I thought was kind of nice. And it just gets really, really chaotic. And then I like the the flip there as well, right? Like the whole like the fact that you know one the first husband was there, and then now second husband's there, right? Like it seemed like a really good way of escaping the situation. So it's very. I don't know. I, I really do enjoy this this scene here. And there are some very interesting scenes that kind of play out after the situation. Uh, scenes where it looks like the son finally, you know, got his act clean. Uh, he, you know, went and got a good job to the point where he can purchase the house that they were, you know, visiting and or, or basically pseudo living in this whole time to reunite the family and all that jazz. But then come to find, you know, like, no, right? Like, that's not how life works. And it's unfortunate. Yeah. But that's just kind of a more true to life ending. It's not your stereotypical, you know, American happy ending, even though I wouldn't even consider that a happy ending. But it would be like the happiest ending ending that could potentially come from that. So but it's, it's just more it's realistic, right? And I think that's the best way to do it is to just have like a realistic ending. And that's what I actually really appreciate about foreign films is that they aren't afraid to have a real ending. Everything doesn't need to have a nice bow at the end, right? And I think this was kind yep. of this director's way of like poking fun at that almost, right? Because he, he knew this was going to be seen worldwide and like his films are starting to get very, very popular, right? Like he did Snowpiercer, which is huge, right? And like, so he must have known that there was going to be like a global watch of this. So this was a great way of him kind of poking fun at that idea of, here's your bow now here's what actually happened right which i really did like that is something i 
really enjoy with foreign films that it is real. You know, I would, I was thinking, you know, a typical American film would have had it, you know, exactly like that. He would have somehow got a job and bought the house, you know, and everything would have been all back to normal. Like it's interesting how a lot of mainstream uh, American films always kind of portray that, like, no matter how rough things are, you usually will make it. Yeah. Yeah. If not Grab better. yourself by the and this and just, go, right? Like, no, it's not yep. real. You know, this, it's like, you know, there's countries where you can never rise out of your income class, you know? Like, in America, it's difficult, but given luck, I would say, more so than anything, and connections if you make it, I could see a possibility of rising from lower to middle. Mm-hmm. You know, especially with school. Like, if you finish school and stuff and you're able to luck out and get a good job, then you're probably going to jump to middle. Um, and this is not counting California. California is a whole different thing because the middle class here feels like it's in at 100K. Yeah, which is right? not attainable. Like, yeah. <laughs> Like, I was reading, I think that the lower poverty, like, lower class level here in California is at, like, 40K, I think. Oh, wow. 45. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you look at other states and that's middle class. Right. Easy. You know? So, it's, like, interesting because it just makes it harder for anyone to really move up you know if you're in another state and you look out with one of those jobs you could easily jump from lower to middle now jumping from middle to upper seems to me the hardest just because the upper is such a i think there's more facets to it that make it upper than really what middle does to lower it's a bit yeah for sure And there's definitely been economic crises throughout, you know, the past few decades that have given people kind of the opportunity to rise up to an upper class situation. But it's still like it goes back to luck. And, you know, it it's shitty that that has to be like that. Right. It it should just be like if you're willing, you know, if you put in the work, then you get equal amount back. And it should be anybody could just rise up easy but you know in other countries when you're at one level you're almost always at that level because that's just how it works out there and it's you know it's really shown in this you know it's i've read like classism in other countries before and it's interesting how i think that's kind of the biggest division of the people in a lot of those countries you know whereas here it's like there's so many things here in this country that really divide people be it like you know religious beliefs political beliefs you know racism and even just like minor political stuff it's interesting how here we have so many things that divide us whereas in other countries you know class is what really divides people it really shoots people's hope and it's it's sad and i think that here in this country this is something we should look at too because 
it's it's an issue as well. We just try to sugarcoat it with consumerism. You know, people think that buying everything is going to create happiness when it's just going to keep them where they're at. And I mean, sometimes we do need that kind of sense of happiness from one purchase, but I don't know. I just wish it was easier for people to kind of be able to pull themselves out of those little like holes. All right. Well, I think that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you guys so much for listening in as we discuss the movie Parasite. If you guys haven't checked it out, like Chris said in the beginning, it is on Hulu. Definitely recommend watching this because it is one to remember. And I think it's going to be one that we talked about for quite a while. It's been out for four years now and it still is very, very impactful. Uh, But yeah, uh, with that, we will talk to you all next week with another set of moral ethical dilemmas. Uh, Bye for now.